podcast in the universe culture bucket where two good friends best friends even talk all things pop culture for approximately uh two hours um every week or every fortnight depending on what era we're in this week it's the 80th episode isn't that exciting um and we're going to be talking we're going to be continuing our three-part stranger things extravaganza this week diving in to the series use of music to list our top five personal Vecna songs. And if you haven't seen Stranger Things, well, we'll explain what that means later. Uh, but you should go and watch it. Go and, go and watch all of it and then come back and listen to this and you'll get much more out of this. Uh, Stranger Things really is a sort of preparatory um, uh, vehicle for listening to this podcast. So go and do that. Uh, my name is George, and with me is my co-host, who's called Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi, George. Hi, everyone. How are you doing today, George? Great. Thank you. I am uh, in a different environment to where I normally record, and uh, once again, trying slightly different um, recording setup, but I've, I'm confident we're going to get good results. But it's going to be fine. People listening to this are going to be going, oh, it's like pure crystal flowing into my ears. Yeah? The crystal of like the champagne or crystal as actual crystals? Because <laughs> there's two different effects. Uh, uh, as in aquavita. Aquavita. Crystal of life. Oh, perfectly oh. unbroken, clear pool. Yeah? <laughs> crystal clear. <clears throat> Nice. Yeah, good. Thank you. Uh, how 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 are you? I'm great. I'm very excited because in one week exactly, I'm seeing you in the flesh, in the flesh. Yeah. And, yes, please. And uh, and I'm very excited to see you after three years. Ah. Yes. But yeah, that's it. Very excited. Woohoo! Yeah, me too. That's gonna be so good. Yeah, we're going to eat, we're going to drink, you're going to bathe in my uh, father's, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, weird sense. Frigione. <laughs> Frigione. You're going to eat lots of good food. Mm, exciting. Yeah, yes please. All of that yeah. sounds great. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. Should we start? Yeah, we get into let's it? start. A bit of culture catch up. Culture catch up now. This is culture catch up time. This is where we talk about what we've watched, what we've read, what we've listened to, and probably some other stuff. So, first of all, uh, I thought it was worth mentioning because we talked last year um, a little bit about the, um, the men's football when that happened with mm-hmm. the Euros, and it was Italy versus England. Yeah. Big rivalry. Yeah. yeah. And um, 
we've just had the, the women's football Euros. Yeah. And England won. And I wanted to mention it mm-hmm. just because I feel like it should be considered uh, equally important. But um, It is equally unlike important. Like the men's Euros. Uh, it is equally important, exactly. Of course it is. Uh, but I didn't watch it because I was away. I was away when the final was on. But I'm very mm. excited and happy that an English uh, football team won a, won, a, won a tournament, bringing an end yeah. to um, loads of years of not winning anything. So good, 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 good job to the English women's football team. Well done. It makes um, no sense that like women's football is not considered as important or as popular as male men's football. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's more just, entertaining. Um, <laughs> I would know. I've not watched much of either um, men's or women's football, but uh, I'm sure it is more entertaining. And um, they're better than the men because they won and the men lost. Yay! There you go. Um, so that was good. That was exciting. <clears throat> uh, I was at a music festival uh, when they won and the organiser of the festival ran on stage and grabbed a microphone to announce that they'd won, despite the fact that the band performing were trying to play their song, and they didn't look very happy. Ah. <laughs> what festival did you go um, to? Oh, it was just a small one. Uh, it's like a tribute festival, so it was all tribute acts. So it was a killer's tribute band ah. were playing. They were trying to play okay. Read My Mind. They were trying to do Read My Mind by the killers, and instead this guy ran on stage. and Then the whole crowd started singing Football's Coming Home, and again, the, the fake Brandon Flowers looked pretty annoyed about the whole affair. <laughs> but it was good that they that they were. Uh, and I'll talk more about my, that festival in a bit uh, because it's relevant to what we're doing today. So, uh, I also watched a movie this week. <clears throat> the movie being the latest um, cinematic blockbuster action film from the Russo Brothers previously directing films such as Captain America Winter Soldier, Captain America Civil War, Avengers Infinity War, and Avengers Endgame. They've left the Marvel chicken coop, and uh, they've joined the Netflix um, Fox's Den uh, to start making movies for Netflix. And uh, The Grey Man is an adaptation of a novel. It's like a series of spy novels. It's basically Netflix's uh, attempt to um, create a big action franchise of their own. Um, and they did a pretty good job of starting it off, at least creatively, in terms of hiring the Russo brothers, the directors of like the biggest films ever made. Mm-hmm. And the film stars uh, Ryan Gosling, who is the best. Yeah. Anna Darmus, who is also the best. Yeah. And Chris Evans, who equally uh, is pretty, pretty wonderful, pretty much up there as being the best as well. So unlike Netflix's last attempt at doing a big action movie, uh, Red Notice, uh, which starred The Rock, Ryan Reynolds and um, Mm. Gal Gadot, I didn't watch that movie because I don't really like those actors. I do like Anna (laughs) Darmus, Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans, so excitedly sat down to watch The Grey Man. And uh, it's a movie about... uh, Ryan Gosling is a big super secret spy guy. He works with Billy Bob Thornton, who gives him Whoa. missions to go on. Yeah. Exactly. And he goes on this one mission and he gets given a USB stick and the USB stick has got something on it. Um, identities of people, spies or something. Anyway, um, he gets told not to give it up. So he goes on the run and uh, the the CIA or the spy people hire um, a mercenary to track down Ryan Gosling to get yeah. this USB stick back. And somewhere in the mix <laughs> is Anna de Armas. Now, I did watch the movie, 
but I couldn't quite keep up with what was on the USB stick, exactly why Anna de Armas was involved. It's a it, it, it it's an odd film. Um but Ryan Gosling is very, very wonderful, which the know, best, is good. We have to say the best. The 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 absolute best. Um Chris Evans equally is fantastic. And um Anna de Armas always good. Chris Evans has got a big mustache in this movie and he's yeah. sort of doing a very kind of like I think he he got so into playing the perfect good boy Captain America for so long that he really relished this opportunity to play like a bad guy in this movie who is like willing to do the things the normal spies can't do to try and track down Ryan Gosling. And those two going at it is pretty good. Like when the actors are doing their thing, it's pretty entertaining. But then every so often, or quite regularly actually, it all takes a backseat to allow for a load of things to explode, maybe for a tram to fly through a building um, maybe for a car to blow up, maybe for some, a load of men in masks to turn up and start firing a minigun into a public square. Um, and when all of this stuff happens, it doesn't quite have the intensity or the... I guess the Russell brothers were so good in the Marvel movies of melding the characters you care about and putting them in, in action set pieces where you really care about the outcome. In this movie, they, they seem to have forgotten that character bit a little bit. And when all these characters get put in peril... You're not really going, oh, Captain America's in trouble. You're just going like, oh, Chris Evans is in trouble. But I know he's not because he's an actor. Like You don't really connect with the character as much, which was a pity. Um, <clears throat> it's a long movie. It's over two hours long. And um, I would say that if you have Netflix, it's basically free to watch it. It's a big action spectacle thing. But um, I was hoping for more. But I will, mm. you know, they've announced a sequel. And uh, I'll watch it because Ryan Gosling's going to be in it. And um, I'm more excited to see him as Ken in the upcoming Barbie movie, but I will certainly watch. Yeah. Uh, I will certainly watch more Grey Man if they're going to make it. And I've also said that they're going to make a spin-off, but they've not made it clear what that is. I'm hoping it's centered on Anna de Armas's character because I could definitely um, happily see her take a more center stage uh, performance in the future. So nice. Yeah. Mm. And it might be, she was recently asked about whether James Bond should be female, because obviously she was in the last Bond movie for like five minutes. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, it's the best five minutes in the film, pretty much. Um, and she was talking about how <laughs> she doesn't think James Bond should be a female, but there should be characters like valid female characters in that kind of franchise that are equally as strong and interesting as James Bond. Um, and maybe she was mm. saying that off the back of knowing that she's got something coming up herself in another spy franchise, who knows? But she's she's good in it. I like Emma Dearmas. It's great. So that is uh, the Grey Man. You gonna watch the Grey Man, Alex? Oh, probably not. Should I? Good. Uh, <laughs> like I love I love Ryan Gosling. I just I I don't know. I it's they they're promoting it so much. Uh, I don't know if you're oh, the same they? in um in England, but in here is like they're promoting it so much. I'm just I don't know. It just doesn't seem interesting enough for me to watch. Yeah, that's fair. It's pretty much not that interesting. Um, but you know, I don't mm. know. I kind of enjoyed Although it. I do but love I didn't Brian. Absolutely adore it. Yeah, and, yeah, he's uh, great. I saw him um, and Jimmy Fallon promoting um the Grey Man and um. He was saying he just promoted it a little bit and then they started talking about the Barbie movie and he said the best script I've ever read. 
So again, what you yes. said a few weeks ago, it came out of his mouth. I really hope it's going to be good because they're hyping it up in a really crazy way. <laughs> Can you imagine if this yeah. is like the best script I've ever read? A bit? And then <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just crap. Well, I don't think so, but so often, you never know. Yeah, every so often a movie does come along where everyone's really excited about it and then um, it doesn't work out. But hopefully the Barbie yeah. movie's not going to be that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Was it on Jimmy Fallon where he told the story about what he did? Yeah. What he texted yeah. Greta Gerwig? Yeah, that was quite yeah. good. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah. And does he have his blonde hair as well? I like that. Yeah. Yeah. His ridiculous blonde hair. Because that's the thing. Like, it could be the best Christian. script that he's ever read, but it's still, they, haven't fil- they haven't finished the film. <laughs> And it hasn't been, you know, edited and put together. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm excited but worried that they're just like hyping it up, and then it's just <clears> going to be <throat> not great. But Greta Gerwig's directing it, so in terms of the creative energy behind it, you, you're hoping that that's also going to be pretty. Um... Yeah, but Taika Waititi has been good until now, and now he's gone crazy. Yeah. So... <laughs> yeah let's no hope. And the, the Russo brothers should knock a spy thriller out of the park, and they. Um, mm. Yeah, well, I hope it's good. I mean, I'm more interested in seeing the Barbie movie than the other big film coming out that day, which is the Oppenheimer film from uh, Chris Nolan. Oh, okay. That that being the, the film about the man who invented the nuclear bomb. Oh, f- yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, okay, so I also watched a much smaller movie uh, from 2021 last year called Bull. Bull. B-U-L-L. Bull. Bull. It's a British crime filler written and directed by Paul Andrew Williams. Yeah. And it's the reason I watched it is because it stars an actor that I really like who hardly ever really takes a leading role in anything, but a guy called Neil Maskell, who um, starred years ago in a thriller called Kill List, which was the first sort of, uh, well, one of the first feature films from uh, Ben Wheatley, one of my favourite directors. Have I watched Kill List? Yeah, maybe you have watched Kill List. It's about the hitman... Oh, have you watched? No, I don't think you've. No, I think it's about I... a hitman. Yeah. Yes, I he... have. You made me watch it. All right. Okay. Cool. Yes. So the guy from Kill with the with the yeah I yeah it was yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the <laughs> with the guy the naked guys with the with the mask yeah yeah, yeah. that was a, that was a fun film. It was a fun film. Go and watch it if you are intrigued by uh, Alex's description. Um... <laughs> The naked people so, with the with the bark on their heads. <laughs> uh, he's made a ver- another very gritty uh, film here in Bull. He plays a mob enforcer who turns back up in his town after years of being away, and uh, sends shockwaves through the uh, sort of organised crime community there, uh, who were not expecting to see him again. Mm. And uh, he's got a mission to discover what happened to uh, someone important to him, and he'll do anything to find out the answer. Mm. Um, I don't want to say much more than that because uh, the the joy in this movie is of seeing it all play out and seeing you know what happens as the sort of story churns along. But um, it's very low budget, but very well acted by everyone involved, but in particular Neil Maskell in the lead role, and um, it's incredibly. Uh, I guess you would say gritty and brutal and violent, um, but uh, yeah, I I really liked it. I watched it not really expecting much at all from it, and was completely kind of blown away by, um, by the film. And it has a bit of a. Tw- I've seen reviews uh, online, sort of 
there's a there's a bit of a not a twist because I don't want to I don't wanna, it's always like the film isn't really about a twist it's not a twist movie, but it definitely takes a slight left turn towards the end uh, that I think has rubbed some people up the wrong way who might have uh, reviewed it a bit harsher because of it. But I I actually really liked the direction it ends up going in and um, mm. it's a really good movie if you like gritty little crime thrillers um, about hard men doing hard things and making hard decisions and. Uh, Go ahead and, and look up Bull. I rented it for 99p on Amazon Video, and it was easily worth uh, worth that. So, uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'd recommend it. I'm not, I'm not sure if you'd enjoy it, but uh, I liked it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I finally got... I'll talk about this a bit quick, more quickly because it's quite an old film, but I finally got around to watching um, a movie that I've wanted to watch for years and years from 1997 that sort of preceded the rise of the popularity of Japanese horror films. Uh, that's kind of blew up with Ringu, mm. uh, which I think was Ringu like 99 maybe, or just slightly later, I think it was. Anyway, this movie is um, directed by Kiyoshi Kurosawa, one of the all-time great Japanese directors, and it's called Cure. Cure. Like... Cure. C-U-R-E. <clears throat> C-U-R-E, and that is kind of the, that's like the Japanese title as well, which is interesting. Ah, often... Cure. <laughs> cure. Um, uh, Hua, Hua is the Japanese. Uh, it's a psychological mystery horror film. It often gets compared to stuff like Seven. Uh, it follows a detective as he attempts to uncover the goings on um, that are leading to basically bodies are turning up, people are dying. All the bodies have been disfigured in a very similar way, but all of the murderers are found and they're all different people. Um, and all of the people have killed somebody close to them and it's impossible to kind of understand what connects these crimes, if that makes sense. They're all definitely connected, but all of the killers are different, so what's the connection between them? And eventually it leads him to uh, come across a rather perplexing young man who just repeatedly asks questions like, who are you? Who are you? What is this? Responds to every uh, question with another question kind of thing, which uh, leads to quite frustrating interrogations. And it kind of goes from there and it kind of looks at obsession and other things and um, goes to some pretty dark places. And I really, really liked it. I would massively, massively recommend Hua, um, the, uh, the yeah, Akira Kurosawa film. Not Akira Kurosawa, so Kiyoshi Kurosawa. <laughs> um, if you're in the UK, it's been released on Blu-ray by uh, Eureka in their Masters of Cinema series. And uh, if you are in the US or potentially other countries, uh, you're very lucky because Criterion are releasing an edition of it in October uh, with very, very nice cover art. And um, yeah, I'd recommend it. You should check it out, Alex, because it's a Japanese film and you like Japanese things. Oh, is it scary? Yeah. Uh, it's unsettling, but it's not scary. Hmm. Very good though, like very, very, very good, um, like psychological um mystery kind of movie. Mm. Uh, the director also made a film called Pulse, uh, which is um also a fantastic, like two of the best mo- uh, two of the best sort of thriller mm-hmm. horror films to come out of Japan uh, ever. You know, in terms of like doing horror the way that I like, where it's not about gore or violence, it's about creating an atmosphere and um a sense of unease and dread, which um Japanese directors. Uh, do really really well quite often mm. so yeah I'd recommend Cure to anyone 
Uh, other than that, I got to finally uh, do a dream come true concert experience the other week, and I went to see Phoebe Bridges live. Ah, yeah. Um, yeah, in Manchester <clears throat> uh, at the Apollo. Uh, one of the most unique gigs I've ever been to. I The average height of the crowd was fairly short, so I had the most unobstructed view I've ever seen <laughs> of a concert. Um which was lovely. Um, why why was it mainly heard... a female audience? Was that why? It was largely a, f- a young female audience, yeah. Yeah. So it was quite a, yeah. But um, it was, I've never seen a crowd be, I guess I've never been to like a big pop concert, like a Britney Spears concert mm. or something. Not to say that that's what Phoebe Ridge's music is like, but she seems to have endeared herself to her fans in a similar way in terms mm. of like she came on stage and she started with motion sickness, and oh. I've never heard a crowd sing every single word to every single song uh, as loud as that. And um, she's very charismatic. She told a story about how she wrote motion sickness about Ryan Adams, and as soon as she said Ryan Adams' name, the whole crowd were like, "Oh, yeah, oh, good, no." Um, yeah, I remember. I remember our story, crowd went boo when <laughs> when we saw him in Japan. <laughs> oh God, yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, it was amazing, and I was, like, in pieces for pretty much the whole concert. Oh. But uh, also, without my knowledge, the support act was someone we've discussed before on this podcast, Barty Strange. <gasps> yes, you told me. And yeah. And I'm <laughs> very jealous about your entire experience. Yeah, because we, we walked to I didn't really know who the support was. Mm. I hadn't really been advertised as having support mm. particularly. And we walked in and looked at the merch table. Obviously, I brought like a, I brought like a bag and a t shirt and a <laughs> poster, and um and a mug. <laughs> I looked, yeah. Well, there weren't any mugs, but I'd have definitely brought a mug if there was a mug. Um, and I looked at the t shirts and stuff, and they, you know, often the, over at the side they have a few ones for the support act. Yeah. And I saw some Barty Strange t shirts. I was like, oh my god, Barty Strange must be doing the support. So he performed a few songs off his first album, mm. uh, but. Then performed most of his ten his ten song set list was from Farm to Table his new album which I hadn't listened to, uh, amazing. Oh. Like his his stage presence is crazy good. Mm. His lighting he had this like I loved his lighting setup. He had there was a lot of smoke going on mm. and he had lights that were diffusing the smoke to make it bubblegum pink and then he had these mm. blue spotlights cutting through it. It was an amazing like stage presence kind of thing that he had going on. Uh, his band were really on point. And the songs were great, and I was like, "This is this is this is way way like I liked his first album, but I was like, this is way better than um than I expected." So since uh, going to see him live there, I've listened to his new album Farm to Table a few times, and it's astonishing. Oh, it's very very yeah. good. Uh, it's got a couple of great songs. There's a song in it called Cosigns where he's sort of doing auto tuned rapping, which is not mm. what he does on the other songs really. But he's got this one song, and then he's like, it's like a braggadocious hip hop song instead of bragging about money and wealth and uh, ladies using the B word, instead of doing any of that, he's rapping about spending time with uh, Phoebe Bridges and Lucy Dacus and Courtney Barnett <laughs> and like how he's in and Bonnie Iver and how he's in with like the indie sad crowd, uh, which is quite a, it's quite a good kind of flip on like doing a braggadocious hip hop mm. song, but making it about um, sad indie music. And um, yeah, the rest of it is like banger after banger. There's a song on there called Mulholland Drive, which is such a good like um hooky kind of single yeah he's great he should be way bigger than he is um he's a great songwriter and he has a great presence when he's performing live and stuff so 
big recommendation for Barty Strange nice. uh, Farm to Table. That album is great. It's like 37 minutes long, so you can listen to it in like a sitting. Uh, but yeah. How how do you feel when you're at a concert and, because you said everybody was singing, uh, how, how do you feel when that happens? Uh, I like it. Okay. Because I can, I can stay at home and listen to the singer on their own. Like, mm. I like... I adore that communal sense of like all of these people also feel as strongly about this music as mm. I do. And, yeah. you know, if, 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 if the singer's singing and everyone's kind of listening and then like one guy behind you is just screaming it out, that's really annoying. <laughs> but if the whole crowd is like joined together in, in sort of almost communion with yeah. the singer, I, I, I like that feeling quite a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I don't know how I feel yeah. about it. Like depend depending on, I think I think it depending on the song, and I think it depends on the moment. Um, but yeah, one thing yeah, I really hate like a... is mobile phones. I think those should be banned from any concert. because yeah. <clears throat> I'm already like very short, and then I have mobile phones in front of me. <laughs> it just annoys me. Yeah. yeah, I'll occasionally take a, I'll occasionally take my phone out to take a photo, but never a video. And I always try to hold the phone in front of my own face, so it's not going to be blocking. Yeah, but else. you in front of people will already be blocking about, you know, another short, per- a short person like me. So well, you're I like can't do anything sixty-five about that, though, yeah. meters long, tall, whatever you are. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am extremely aware of how tall I am when I'm at a concert. Uh, I don't feel comfortable. And I'm it, extremely aware how I short I am because I'm shorter. armpit. I am definitely like <laughs> armpit or shorter length, like height. And uh, I. that's why I Sorry. could never mosh because I just would get everything in my face. Yeah, <laughs> but you I'm could sorry. go, bing. I remember I remember the concert, Shiguro's concert in um, in Japan. And I just remember you trying to get through the crowd and it was just like amazing. You just like, see this like shoulders and head getting through the crowd <laughs> and <laughs> and a sea of heads. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. I try to be polite. Yeah, well, um, you can't you can't help your height. I wish no, I was I just a tad taller so I wouldn't have to be in everybody's armpits all the time. I wish I was a baller. I wish I was taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I was 10 feet taller. A little bit taller. <laughs> okay. What have, what have you done? Uh, <coughs> uh, oh, what have I done? Nice. Um, what have I done? I watched a film uh, called uh, Not Okay, uh, which was released. Oh, I was uh, going to watch that. What was it yeah, like? Yeah, 2022 on uh, Disney+. Plus. Um, yeah. and it stars uh, Zoe Douche Zoe Douche, Zoe Douche. Mm. Um, and uh, Maya or Mia Isaac which I found amazing I think she's really great the first film <coughs> I've ever seen with her and, uh, there's yeah. be, uh, and I think on Amazon Prime there's a, a new film with her another film with her and I think I'm going to watch it I wasn't going to watch it after I watched um, the trailer uh, don't make me go but after the performance in not okay i might watch it because she's really great and okay. um it's a film about uh a woman that is working for a kind of buzzfeed kind of those 
article things and yeah. she wants to be part of a reality that she's not part of, you know, the cool kids, the, the content creators, writers and the ones that do all the things and um she's trying a little bit too hard and she really can't and uh she um she fakes uh going she she makes up that she's going to go to paris uh to this guy that she likes and uh so she makes all these photos up and uh, whatever but uh, unfortunately, uh, at the same time in Paris, uh, she there's uh, a series of terrorist attacks. And so it's a bit messy because people think that, you know, she's been in these terrorist, terrorist attacks. And it's just basically the film uh, talks about, you know, how she, how everything unfolds. Um, and uh, it's, an, it's an interesting film. It starts really weirdly and cliche but then the more it goes on the the better it becomes and i think yeah. uh zoe douche 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 Deech. i cannot work out how to pronounce that name zoe douche uh and my eyesight work really really well uh in this film and um mm. i feel like the film at the top is really bubbly and cliche but there's there's an underlying um underlying uh um discussion about social media mental health uh things that happen in america like uh gun laws uh ptsd so it's it's funny how it's there are basically you know for me I, I've noticed that there are like kind of two realities in the film. There's the 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 what yeah. you see, and then everything else that's happening in the meantime. And I thought I thought I think it's really good. Uh, it has got mixed reviews um, because I think people are not getting the point because it ends in a really interesting way as well. And uh, I really I I enjoyed it. So if you have time, uh, George, I think you might uh, enjoy watching it. It, yeah, it, I was actually going to watch it hmm. before we did this, but I sort of ran out of time. But yeah. no, I'm definitely. It, I watched the trailer and I was like, "That looks pretty good." And I like and Dylan O'Brien's in it as well, who I quite like. Yes, I don't know where I've seen him before. He was the kid in the Goosebumps movie years ago. That's where I know him from. Okay. I think he, a lot of people know him from what's that thing? Thirteen Reasons Why. But I've okay. Never seen that. No. But I like him. Yeah, generally. and it's it's fun, and I love Zoe Dooch. Uh, you know, in uh, in um, Zombieland Double Tap, I thought she was like one of she's the best. She's very things. she steals the show quite a bit. Yeah, and yeah. she's really charismatic, <clears throat> and um, Mia Isaac is a really good actress. So I, I, it's, it's interesting when I I read the reviews and the reviews the negative reviews seem to be more about oh this is so cliche, but I don't think they I I think there's more to this film that people actually see. But have a look, see what you think. And um, uh, I I found it really good, uh, and then uh, I went back. I I haven't watched anime in a long time, but a friend of ours uh recommended me this um anime, so I watched it all, of course, in two days, uh, which is the Spy Family, Spy and the the is like Spy X Family. Um, which was originally a manga series, but I watched the anime, of course, and it's about mm-hmm. 
it's um so it's it's a it's a really really silly anime like totally unbelievable and so that's why i enjoyed it and it's just this uh in 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 you know to maintain peace between two rival nations which is clearly seems to be um west west germany and east germany um they're called westalis and ostanis so i think is kind of that uh this 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 spy called twilight has to do loads of missions and the last uh the latest mission that he has to do is to um get to this leader uh and the only way to get to this leader because it's really secretive is uh to um get uh, the only times that this leader comes out is to see his son at this private school. So this this spy guy has to find a child and a wife so he can get this kid into this school. And it's just this silly anime, but it's so much fun and it's totally crazy and it makes little sense. But the woman he finds is an assassin. And the girl that he finds is can read your mind, and so they they live a life of lies that the the assassin doesn't know that he's a spy, and the spy doesn't know she's an assassin. The parents don't know that she is a mind reader, but she knows that they are a spy and an assassin, and it's crazy, but it's so much fun. And uh, if you have any um any um way to watch it, is really silly and fun. Good, uh, good entertainment. If you don't want to think about anything and just watch these these people doing crazy things, but uh, yeah, that's really good. A good anime. Um, what sort of age is it aimed at? What's the sort of target audience? Well, you, I don't know. Like you know, in Japan, people watch everything. Like, well, yeah, but is it is it very violent or? There is some violence. So when when the assassin, uh, go does things, it's pretty violent. But it's okay. a comedy. So it's not like Dra- Draymon or something. No, it's not like Doraemon. No, it's 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 for probably uh, teens and up. But I've cool. seen kids in Japan watching the most horrific things. <laughs> oh no, I know. But the, the, like, <laughs> so, in terms of like who it's aimed at, I guess I guess it's aimed to teens and up. But it's probably on TV sometimes, so it's probably aimed for kids as well. So it's it's a really crazy way of. Uh, but it's a cartoon, so they they know it's not real. It's amazing how, you know, like in Italy, you wouldn't dare put a film, a child watch. You wouldn't, you wouldn't put a child. You put, wouldn't show a child this anime, but in Japan, you would, like Attack on Titan. Mm. That's pretty mm. crazy. Um, yeah, and then um, I listened to a couple of albums. <clears throat> the new Beyonce album is out, Renaissance. Oh yes. Yeah. <clears throat> oh my, OMG. It's so good. It's oh, so, it? so, 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 so good. Uh, it was exactly what I wanted and needed. Uh, I don't know. Uh, she has gone uh, back to the club and she has never been into the club. She has gone to the club and uh, it's it's a beautiful homage to dance music, to uh, queer culture it's so much fun and um there are not really any ballads and there's a lot of like kind of cool dance tunes uh all in beyonce incredible activism and everything it's just a beautiful album obsessed 
um, I'm really enjoying it and I can't stop listening to it. Hmm. Yeah. I liked the single. I liked Break My Soul. I haven't listened to anything else. See, that's the thing. I didn't realise that that was a Beyonce single because that's very kind of 90s dance music. And yeah. I didn't realise that was Beyonce and I was listening to this album because I don't, uh, I, I live on a mountain. I don't know when anything comes out, you know. <laughs> and I, I, I heard that song through TikTok, but I didn't realise it was Beyonce. And then it came on. Right. I was like, oh my God, it is Beyonce. And it's perfect in this album. And uh, oh, it's just amazing. Really, really good. And then um, Bia Badubi. Uh, released a new album as well. Oh yeah, Beatopia. Beatopia. I didn't mind it. It's okay. I think um it, it, it's uh, I think if I was 18, when I was 18, I would have really really enjoyed it. It's got some really kind yeah. of like uh coming of age uh I'm growing up songs and you know, yeah. it's uh it's it's good. It's very different from her first album. So I appreciate, you know, uh, an evolution of sound. Is it more mature? Yeah. I'm not sure because there's some songs that are very kind of, um, you know, like I said, I would imagine me 18, like with my little <laughs> popping to them. But I, I enjoyed it. It's, it's a good album. Um, I listened to it first uh, last week and I listened to it for a few times. Like, oh, this is really good. And then I listened to Beyonce's album and I was like, oh. And then I went back to Beatopia and I was like, oh, no, it doesn't work. So, um, but two really... Hmm? Interesting. Yes. Yes. Um, but a really, really good album. And, you know, Beyonce, out of the bag. She's incredible. What a woman. What a human. No? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. What did you, what do you think of the controversial lyric I, thing? I don't what I need to I I read it this morning and then I forgot about to actually read on it. So what did she write? Well there's a song that uses an ableist lyric word that Lizzo used in a song like a month ago and got a load of heat for and re recorded it and stuff. And it's surprising to see oh, the, uh, so immediately. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Mm. I think she's going to re-record it and yeah. take it out. It's just yeah. surprising that it... I just can't believe that Lizzo did it and then nobody... like It's like Beyonce didn't even realise that happened and then just went ahead and mm. basically said the same word, which is bonkers. Yeah. You know, yeah. everyone makes mistakes. Hopefully she's going to just fix it and then that'll be that. But I'm looking forward to listening to the album. Yeah, it's really, really good. Yeah. <clears throat> and then um, I watched a documentary, a Netflix documentary, um, about Jimmy Savile. Oh, the... Uh, yeah, I've watched that as well. Uh, Jimmy Savile, A British Horror Story. Um, That's it. Going into it, I, I I didn't have a clue who Jimmy Savile was. I knew about what happened. But I, yeah. I, because I arrived in England when he w- he was out of fame, the only time I saw him in on TV was during Celebrity Big Brother. And I was like, who's this oh, guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. somebody said, oh, whatever. But I remember that when I watched documentaries, like, oh, that's when I saw him. And um, uh, so I didn't know anything about Jimmy Savile. I, I just found out in 2012 all the stuff that he, he had done. 
it's an interesting documentary. There's a lot of archival footage, which I think adds up everything. But I just, it, I, what amazed me, and I think that the, and we can talk about society now in general, is well, how people covered everything up. And also he went for vulnerable people, which is horrific because he knew that nobody mm-hmm. would believe them. But the, yeah. the thing that that really just un, just just shows how society is now and at the time with Margaret Thatcher is like, well, the government doesn't need really need to do anything until people like if people like these are around. So, for example, for me, when there are fundraisers like the guy during COVID that walked, you know, the hundred-year-old guy that walked around, Captain Tom. Yeah, I, that's lovely. That's yeah. absolutely lovely. But the fact that, that our governments rely on those kind of people really pisses me off, because he had to walk around a hundred times to raise money, and the government is not willing to give money. And 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 Jimmy Savile is just the 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 epitome epitome. Yeah, of yeah, the epitome of that. Like, uh, Margaret Thatcher loved him because he built hospitals, he helped people, he did that, and and she protected him because she must have. Yeah, done and something. he was allowed to do. And he was allowed he to do anything, but for her <clears throat> own gain, and that's what happens constantly. Like, people are supposed to do what our governments are supposed to be doing. No, I'm not supposed to be raising money. The government should pay for hospitals. <laughs> I can help, did, of course. Why did Prince Charles go to him for marriage advice? Exactly. It's insane. That's just the maddest thing. And yeah, I just it's just insane. And 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 the fact that the police covered him up, it's just all so corrupt. And it didn't come yeah. out until he, he died. Come on, yeah. that is. And then, awful. well, some of the people sat in that documentary going, I had no idea. And it's like, really? You, yeah. like, produced his show for 30 years. You had no idea he was doing that? No. Yeah, exactly. Well, one thing, though, that I can believe if they didn't have an idea, he didn't really have a manager or anybody ever around him. It was very much a lone wolf, which I think that yeah, was yeah, a strategy. Yeah. So, for example, if he had a manager, I guess he would have known. He produces the show... He's a creep, but I guess yeah. language like that in England was acceptable at the time. Well, he was openly, he was openly, yeah, he was pretty open with how awful he was. To yeah. the point in a way where you just go, oh, well, he can't actually be, be like that, so yeah. he must just be joking. Yeah. He wasn't joking. Yeah. But yeah, I thought, uh, I thought it, was a, it was an interesting documentary and it was very kind of like to the, to the, actually quite factual in the sense that you 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 would see him and certain things that he said were really right when we need to help people but then not abuse them as well crazy crazy stuff Mm. did you did you i want to talk to you about it mainly because did you did you did you grow up with jimmy savile or was it no he kind of like like he wasn't hosting top of the pops anymore when i was growing up i don't think and then like jim will fix it Finished when I was quite young. Okay. So again, I, I was more aware of him than you were. Yeah. I knew of him as like a national treasure, mm. uh, which he was a national treasure. Like people should, people, we need to kind of face and acknowledge the fact that people kind of deified him in a big way. Um, um, yeah, but he did, he did incredible things though. Like he put, he, he did built hospital. He, he raised lots of money. He, 
but then at the same time he was he abused people abused in the hospital. People. Yeah, and he used his fame to to his own advantage. Yeah. So the the main the main experience I had of him before all of that was that when Louis Farouk did Louis Farouk meets Jimmy Savile, he did a documentary where mm-hmm. he kind of spent a weekend or a week with him or something. I remember I watched that and I remember watching that and being like, this guy is weird. I, I guess I don't like this guy. It's yeah. a weird vibe off this guy. But again, you know, you kind of just went, yeah, he's just a harmless, weird old man who's from a different era of entertainment. Mm. Um, then you watch some of the, like, there's one particular, there's there's quite a lot of footage of him being interviewed on some, like, chat show or something. And the way he's talking to the women on the oh. panel, oh. he just makes your skin crawl. It's horrible. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I, I hope we live in a society now where people can't go on TV and talk to women in particular like that. Yeah. You know, as, as a man in, in a position of power. But but then yeah, but then <clears throat> there's still men in position of powers that are getting protected, like Jimmy Savile in recent year, Weinstein, Epstein, uh, uh, Charles's brother, whatever his name is, Andrew. Yeah. It's amazing how the the, the royal family is involved with these horrible people, and they're still there, and they're still like not punishable. Yeah, well, I won't defend it. Sorry. That would, but I just Sorry. I just found like that amazing how how we our you know these these governments instead of like they go like oh okay you can help us out but we, you don't have to do the work you know the taxes do the work <laughs> but instead it's like no you you walk a hundred miles you do this you do that you raise money all of that make making cap you know makes me so getting angry. all the way behind Captain Tom or when they went out and. You know, when people on the street started banging pots and pans together to say, oh, we support the NHS, yeah. that was fine. But then when, when Boris Johnson started doing it outside number 10, no. No, exactly. No, like, no. you're supposed to be it's doing your something. Fault. Yeah, it's your fault. Don't, don't, don't go behind this, this old guy walking or these people doing or Jimmy Savile. Like, no, that, that's not right. Yeah. Jimmy Savile shouldn't build a, shouldn't build a hospital. No, he's not trained. Should. He's not got any any construction. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. trains at all. And, and, uh, yeah. And that really annoys me. That really annoys me because we become responsible for something. Well, then the, we don't need governments. If we have to fundraise all of our life, then we don't need our government, do we? No. Yeah. But yeah. So I, I <sighs> thought it was an interesting, uh, interesting because I didn't know anything about him. I knew he was an entertainer. I know. I knew that. People really liked him, but I didn't know the amount of things that he did. Uh, I didn't yeah. know. I didn't know who he targeted, and you know this. This kind of shows who he targeted, and it was very informative and very kind of. Yeah, it's like it's a good. What is it? Three hours long. Or something? Yeah, yeah, it's two. Episodes. So if you want, if you want to know about that story, that is the definitive yeah. documentary to watch now. Yeah, yeah, and uh, don't so watch it, it if you could treat. But if you you know if you've experienced the. Because it's uh might be quite the second episode might be quite triggering. Yeah, the second episode yeah. right, really sort of wallows about in some of the worst things we did. Yeah. yeah. Um and that's it for my culture cachapo. I like it. Have you got any my tube to show me?
I've stopped watching trailers just for my tube. Oh really? Yeah, I don't watch okay. trailers anymore. Um, I'm, oh now I need to make sure I, 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 I know that before. I know that before I wasn't really watching that many trailers, but now I really don't watch any. Now, we watched a trailer for this a few weeks ago, but this is a newer, longer trailer. Oh, I haven't. Oh, so George. So we watched the teaser trailer a couple of weeks ago, and George yeah. just sent me the blonde official trailer. I already heard yes. some controversy about this, saying that they need to stop dehumanizing Marley, Marley, Marilyn Monroe. Who knows? What do you mean by dehumanizing? Well, that's the thing. I, I just saw this article saying, you know, they, they I don't know who watched this film already, uh, but uh, they said they, you know, uh, dehumanizing and like making her n- not real. I don't know. I haven't watched the film, so we'll have to see. That's interesting. I feel like they're taking the wrong... To me, well, we'll watch the trailer, but to me, the film looks like more like it's setting up a bit of an internal conflict between the real... Person who was, yeah. was she called Norma Jean Page? Is yeah. that her name? Norma Jean. Yeah. And then the character, the character Marilyn Monroe yeah. that she kind yeah. of yeah. played. And I think that's just being true to the way society treated her. That's not. Absolutely. But that's the that's thing. A I'm, I'm just talking about people treated. already having a, uh, an opinion before actually watching the film. So. Yeah, that's interesting. The, what, the thing I want you to think about while I watch this trailer is that Anna de Armas hasn't quite dropped her sort of Hispanic accent. And I don't think that's a problem. Okay. I think that's fine. But see what you think as you watch it, because it's definitely, I've definitely seen people talking about the accent she's got. Right, you ready? Has she not got a proper American accent, George? Well, I don't know if it matters, but let's see. No, but it doesn't matter. Three, two, one, go. Okay, so there's a guy knocking at the door. Oh, she, she looks is. beautiful. Oh my god, she's got the perfect face. Her makeup is amazing. On point. <clears throat> yeah, so. Oh, him! He's always in. Um, he's always he's in, in the police. Stuff, um, yeah, he's in the Ant Man films as well. I guess I was discovered. Oh, but she's got good tone to her voice, which I think is good. Yeah. Yeah, very good tone. I'm just when I oh. go into my dressing room. I'm Norma Jean. Adrian Brody, I don't Adrian know. Adrian Brody. I'm still hurt when the camera's rolling. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know much about what you were talking about with that article, but it sounds like somebody who just wants to live in the legend of you know, the star rather than yeah. acknowledge the reality of what maybe it was like to be Marilyn Monroe. Amazing. Like, even if the film is crap, I'll I'll watch an hour and a half of Alma de Armas looking like that. 
Definitely. It looks um it looks, it looks, it looks, it looks quite really intense. good actually and she looks amazing. She's It's she the good. first um it's the first NC17 rated film that Netflix have done so I think it's going to be quite intense. Mm. Uh when is like it an 18 out? I think it's out in September sometime in September. Mm. No, I'm excited. Okay. I think it looks it looks it looks good. Um and she looks amazing in it and I'm I'm excited to watch it. Agreed. Yeah, I think she looks pretty great in it. And I I, I think that her voice you can she does still sound a bit like Anna de Armas, but she can tell she's doing a performance. Yeah. And also I uh, think uh Marnie Monroe had a specific accent as well. Like when you hear her speak, yeah. she wasn't necessarily. She had a particular also cadence and stuff. So I th- I think I think she looks good and, you know. Good on her. Good on her indeed. Right, have a look at okay. this. So George sent me Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. 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 Um. Which for some reason isn't wanting to load for me. Amazing. Uh, I just thought about it. How do you say the nut that is green and also is a delicious um, ice cream flavor? Pistachio. Yeah, exactly. So in English, it's pistachio, even if it's spelled pistachio. And uh, so how would you say the title of this film? Pinocchio. Yeah, exactly. So I I want I, I never thought about it. It's like pistachio, Pinocchio, pistachio, Pinocchio. Well, pistachio, <laughs> pistachio has mm-hmm. one C and this has a double C, so it's a different sound. Oh, pistachio has two C's in Italian. I think in English, pistachio just has one C. Ah, okay, maybe that's why. Are you sure? I'm gonna yeah. check. In English, we just use one C for pistachio. Well, that's that controversy cleared up, Alex. Yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> it's the C controversy. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So, this is Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio adaptation for Netflix, distinct from the Disney live action adaptation that is being done uh, for Disney Plus that Tom Hanks is appearing in. Um, yes. This oh, is a very Pinoc- different version. There are two Pinocchios. <laughs> Yes, there are two Pinocchios. Why, why do There's, we need two Pinocchios? I don't think I, I can barely deal well, with one I think Pinocchio. Because, <laughs> uh, Disney are determined to do live action versions of all their classics, aren't they? So they've just gotten round to doing Pinocchio. Or uh, Pinocchio. Whereas, Pinocchio. Well, del Toro and Netflix have just, just decided, because it's in the public domain, to do their own version. And it does look like it'll be a very different version to what we're used to from Disney. So it'll be interesting. Mm. Um, you ready to have a look? Yes. <clears throat> okay. Three and a two and a one. Go. Okay. From my many wanderings on this earth. Is that uh, Ewan, McGregor? Ewan McGregor? Nice. Yep. I had so much to say. Who is that? I like, I like I the animation. I think it looks gorgeous. Is, mm. is the animation? Sons. Yeah, stop motion animation. Stop motion animation. Yeah. There's Geppetto. 
who's not very happy. Yep. Voiced, no, voiced by David Bradley from uh, Game of Thrones and Harry okay. Potter. Anyone that knows him? Yep. I want to tell you a story. It's a story you may think you know, but... It looks very beautiful and a bit mm. creepy as Guillermo del Toro likes his thing. So good, like, yeah. colour palette. Of the wooden boy. A bit blue and browns. And you've got a Pinocchio that actually looks like a wooden boy. Yeah. I feel as though you've been here before. The wooden boy. The wooden boy. Fill his days with light. We shall call you Pinocchio. 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 Mm. Oh, what a day, what a day. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, what do you think to that? Uh, yeah, it looks interesting. It looks, um, I don't know. I don't have an affinity with Pinocchio. I don't, but... <laughs> I'll probably no, watch... I don't particularly have an affinity for Pinocchio, but you've got Romero del Toro, who tends to make interesting things, I yeah. suppose. Like, I would probably watch this more than a live-action one, because I don't think I could watch a live-action one. But, who knows? Fair. Ooh, I can see Pearl. Is that is that from uh, the, the spin-off from the movie X? It is the spin-off of the movie X, yeah. You Ooh. haven't seen that, have you? I've seen I've seen the I've seen the trailer for the movie X. I haven't seen the oh, trailer right, okay. for the movie Pearl. But I remember the what, you saying you... that what's her name? She plays Pearl. What's her name? Mia Goth. Mia Goth plays Pearl. And yes. I remember and I can see Mia Goth and I can see Pearl. So Yeah, it looks quite good. Uh we might be able to watch it. But first have a look at this one I've just sent. Okay. So, the next trailer. Is this a trailer? This is a trailer. Oh, Marvel Studios, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I nearly watched it a day and I was like, no, George <laughs> is going to tell me to watch it on my tube. So, I'm That's very true. excited. Oh, wow. So, this is your first look at this trailer? Yeah. Right. Interesting. Are you ready to see what you think? Yes, please. Of the return and, uh, to already, the world of Because I watch Panther. everything with subtitles. <clears throat> There's, I, I can, no woman, no cry. So they're going to use a Bob Marley song. Oh, oh. Yeah, I think the music in this trailer is pretty great. I hope mm. that the, because the original Black Panther, the music was done by Kendrick Lamar and they haven't announced that he's coming back or anything like that. But um, I hope that they kind of put similar amounts of effort into the music for this one as they did the first one, which yeah. the trailer at least looks like they're going to. Okay, you guys have a look? Of course. Okay, three and a two and a one, go. No woman, no cry. Okay. So we... What's her name? Oh. I think that's Shuri. Letitia yeah. Wright. Yes. Um, a controversial figure in real life, unfortunately. but um, That wasn't... Yeah. Okay, so we're back good in Wakanda. Good in this film. Good in the first one. And they're we're all wearing... Wakanda. White. Mar- oh, that's a nice way to put Marvel Studios in it. Yeah. There's some real good shots in this thing. Yes. I think that's a Koye. Yes. And she's not in this trailer, but Michaela Cole's in this movie. Oh. Mm. They got some Lupita Nyong'o. Looks very beautiful, eh? Looks the mm. scenography is amazing. There's a baby being born. 
Ryan Who's Coogler. Who's baby's that? Ryan Coogler. He directed the first one, so we're in okay. sort of hopefully safe hands. Okay. So I think somebody's trying to get into Wakanda. Could be some underwater action going on as well. Why? Why underwater? Hmm. Somebody is attacking Wakanda. Saddens me every time I see him. This trail is too stunning to speak. Sorry. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, everything's going. Oh, is there a mashup between? It was a bit of a mashup. Gonna be yeah. All right, and. We're gonna be alright, Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Ooh, that was a good mashup. It took me a while. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so that looks what, stunning. What do you think to that? Oh, amazing. Oh, but every time I see Jad- Chadwick Boseman, I'm so sad. Yeah. Gone too Gone too soon. Yeah, by, by far gone too soon. Really um, gone too soon. But yeah, that looks that looks really good, and uh, uh, I think I think maybe after the Eternals in Marvel, they may be trying to do a little bit more of kind of beautifying the <coughs> universe and making it look. I don't know. It seemed it seemed very beautiful to look at as well. Yeah, absolutely, and there was um, well, all those underwater shots and stuff were hinting at the fact that the kind of uh, the conflict in this movie is going to come from Atlantis. Atlantis? Is that where Aquaman is? No, because that's, that's DC, DC, Alex. <laughs> that's come DC. On. So where's the, who's in Atlantis? In the, in the Marvel Universe, Atlantis is led by Namor. Okay. Not the who's football played, player. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> who's um, entering the MCU in this film, but is a big important character in the comic books, Namor, okay. uh, is the first, one of the first mutant characters. So wow. that's interesting because I've been hinting more and more recently at mutants coming into the Marvel Universe. So maybe, again, Namor is, is some beginnings into that, which is cool. Um, and yeah, we saw a few brief shots of Namor. Hey, uh, bad actor whose name I don't know. I can't remember off the top of my head, but mm. um, looks quite good. And uh, yeah, it's interesting that we're getting Avatar: The Way of Water with lots of underwater blue people mm. this year, and we're also getting uh, Black Panther. Black Panther: Wakanda Forever is going to have some blue underwater people as well. Um, and yeah, it looks like Shuri, Letitia Wright's character, is going to be the new Black Panther, and I guess your mileage will vary based on how well you can stomach the real life antics of that actress. But never mind. I I don't know the anything about great. her. But uh, you've told me a few things, so. Yeah, she's got some um, controversial views on COVID and vaccines and things. Mm. Never mind. Okay. Never mind. So, <clears throat> I'm I'm conscious of my uh, internet maybe crapping out if we push YouTube too much further. So let's yeah. watch Pearl next time if that's okay. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Right. So, should we start doing a top five? 
Yeah, please. Awesome. Five, four, three, two, one. Our top five. So this is our top five Vecner songs. And by Vecner songs, we mean a song that elicits feelings in you where if you heard it while being tortured by an interdimensional uh, psychic demon, the feelings that are listening you by the song could be enough to pull you out of it and, and back into the real world, such as this song, Running Up That Hill, A Deal With God by Kate Bush, is able to do for Max in the most recent season of Stranger Things. Those songs that give you goosebumps every time you hear them and um, kind of transcend the artist or the singer or the song or anything and just exist on their own sort of plane. Shall I play a little bit of Running Up That Hill? Sure. Just this bit. Ba, ba, ba. Ba, ba. Ba, ba. There we go. Oh my goodness, that song! How, <clears throat> like, like I know it's it's I know that you know it's an amazing song. We all heard it so many times, but how are you? They just chose the perfect song. They did, and also you know the lyrics work on such an incredible level as well. Like when you think yeah. about the lyrics and talking about swapping yeah. places and yeah, just oh. amazing. And so you know, I said earlier I went to a tribute festival at the weekend. Yeah. There was a band there called Moments of Pleasure who were a Kate Bush tribute. Act, okay. Um, who were announced long before Stranger Things season four happened. They booked this band to play this festival, but um, obviously ended up getting quite a big crowd. Mm. And um, I was down at the front because I quite like Kate Bush generally. Mm. And um, they were they were as a band they were very good. They sounded great, and the uh, lady who was sort of singing and being Kate Bush for the performance had all the moves down, and her voice was great, and it was pretty cool. Then, obviously, they finished by playing Running Up That Hill and they did a little... They started by doing a little bit of the Stranger Things theme, <gasps> which obviously went down pretty well, and then they went into Running Up That Hill. And similar to our discussion before, it almost didn't matter how good she was as Kate Bush because the whole tent that was packed by mm. that point were just belting the song. And again, a song that has always been, ever since I first heard it, quite important to me, hearing all those people kind of connect with it and, and, and sing it together uh, in that tent at the weekend was um, a pretty great moment. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that that was a great song that they picked mm. for that. But we're, we're, we aren't Max Mayfield. We are Alex and George. So we don't necessarily, although to be, to be honest, I think we'd both probably have running up that hill as like, a, yeah. Would, yeah, would work for us if we were in the clutches of, 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 of Vecner. But we've had to think about what other songs kind of also make us kind of, yeah. Have shivers down our spine when we hear them. And we're going to go through them today. Mm. Yeah. And I'm going to start, right? Yes. Okay, yes. so. have you Before starting, have you seen that on Spotify you can go on your list? It, it has made a playlist for you, for your Vecna songs. Oh, I don't. Oh, no, I didn't know that. That's yeah. I, it's, not, it's not very accurate, but it's interesting. I, you know, gave me some ideas. Huh. 
I didn't see that at all. I'll have to. Well, maybe I'll try and find it later. We can. It's called the upside down. Uh, pot. Uh, uh, upside down. Um. Uh, what's it called? Upside down playlist. Playlist, yeah. The upside down playlist. No, listen. No, no, this is not accurate. It's not accurate <laughs> at all. <laughs> it's crazy. Let me. I'll pick out some. Um. It's quite long as well. It's three hour, three and a half hours, so that's a long... So the first one on here for me is Hounds of Love by Kate Bush, which... Mine is The Dealer from Nilufer Yanya, which is a really good song, but I, mm. like, I've only listened to that album like recently. So. But then the second track is Wake Me Up by Falls, which I think if I heard that, I'd be like, is this... Is this a, what is this? Do I have a... <laughs> Mine is Harry song? Styles, As It Was... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what? But then there's yeah. a few. When you were young, by the Killers, definitely kind of is close to being there. Mm. Um, you spin me round by Dead or Alive. I don't know why they've got that. I've got that one as well. Oh really? Maybe there's yeah. some that they just pop in there for fun. Uh, Your love alone is not enough by the Manic Street Preachers. That's actually not a bad one. Oh, there's one that's genuinely on my list for real here, which is quite good. There's a there's a Barty Strange song that I listened to for the first time like two days ago. So. Mm. Uh, Master of Puppets by Metallica Running Up That Hill is on here Who Hast by Rammstein Interesting, <laughs> I wonder what yeah. they um, Goto The Big Sky, Plenty of Kate Bush And Purple Hearts A, a song off the new Kendrick Lamar album that I don't actually Particularly remember so Weird, yeah, what a weird little thing yeah. Nice, okay hmm. Well, we know ourselves better than Spotify hopefully So I hope so <clears throat> Let's have a look at our real list. So, are you ready for my number five? In two seconds, because my cat has just woken up and she needs to get out of the, the room. That's great. No worries. What's up? Hi. You want to go to Only could make a deal with God. I'd get him to swap our places. You will Okay, I is ready. Nice. <clears throat> okay. Um so my number 5 is a song that well it's by a band called Talking Heads, have you heard of them? Yeah. But it's a song that I first heard featured on the soundtrack to the film Clerks 2. Okay. Uh Kevin Swift. Uh, which opens kind of the film opens with a montage of the main character driving uh, through um, New Jersey, I think it is. Well, this song plays, and I'd never heard it before, despite liking Talking Heads, and I've loved it ever since. And it's a song called Nothing But Flowers. Okay, let's listen to it. Are you going to. Yeah. Very Afrobeat. Yeah. Like late stage talking heads tended to be. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, it's great. I think the chorus is where it really sort of like. Um, here we go. Keep going, wait a moment. 
There we go. There we go. There we go. Oh, of course, <laughs> if, if there's a dinosaur. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> That's the bit I love. There was a factory. Cool. Yeah, I love that song. I love that song. Every time I hear it, I just sort of get goosebumps. Nice. And uh, I love the image. I love. I, I love the imagery in it in terms of. Um, I don't know. It kind of conjures up images of maybe one day all this uh, concrete and stuff will be replaced by lovely flowers. Hmm. Yeah. So. Talking heads, nothing but flowers. What's your number five? I like it. I never heard this song before. Yeah. Oh, you should listen to it more. That's yeah. Good. So. Uh, I, 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 the, the, the thing is about the Talking Heads is one of those bands that I think I, I know the name, but I haven't actually listened to much of it. I think. Oh, you should listen to them a bit. They're, 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 they're pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, once in a lifetime, psycho mm. killer. Psycho killer. Just to say. Yeah, that's what I know. Anyway, so. Uh yeah. So my next song is a bit of like uh maybe a, a little bit anthemy, but every time I hear it, it makes me like really passionate and I sing it and uh I love it. Uh and is um it's a Foo Fighters song. Okay. And is Best of You. Oh, wow. Interesting pick. Yes. I don't know what it is. Uh, I don't know if it's just, it is something that every time I listen to it, I just, I could listen to it constantly. And every time it comes up, I'm just so happy because I've got a, a playlist and every, and I think that's the best song on my playlist. And I just love it. I just love that song. Let's hear a bit of it. It's got a great opening. It's one of the best openings yeah. to a song. Yeah. Now. But then the the thing that the moment that gets me is towards the end. If you play this moment. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> this. Love it. It's pretty great. Yeah. It's a good call. Also, the, that yeah. opening bit would probably blast a big hole in the upside down. More yeah. So than the, uh, yeah. Start oh. with that hill. Yeah. <clears throat> this was, so a, this was a recent addition actually today because I was just like, I was in crazy. And then I was just like, and then this came up. I was like, oh, I cannot put food to see. Uh, yeah. So uh, that. 
How about your number like four Vecna song? My number four is a song by a band that I love a lot. Mm-hmm. And I saw them live a few weeks ago in London oh. called Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam. Oh, you're part of the cool kids. I don't know if you can be yeah. friends anymore. I don't know if that's that cool to like Pearl Jam in 2022. I guess. Um, <laughs> I guess we can like them now. <laughs> um... And uh, don't think too hard about what their name means because it's gross. Okay. But a very good band. Mm-hmm. And um, before they came on, I said to my friend, as long as they play this one particular song, I'll be happy. Mm. Uh, and we were seeing them for two nights. So I was like, we across two nights, surely to goodness they're going to play this at least once. And uh, they walked out on stage and they opened with this track almost as if they had heard me requesting it. And I looked it up afterwards, and on Set Last FM it said it was something like the first time that they had opened a set with this song since, like, 2004. So pretty spectacular. The song is called Better Man, and it was written by the singer Eddie Vedder when he was still in high school, but wasn't put on an album until uh, their third album, Vitalogy, because they they weren't happy with any recordings of it uh, until that point in their career. Um... And it takes a little bit of time to get going, so you might want to listen to just the first bit and then skip about one or two, two one or two minutes in. Okay. But let's have a listen and see what you think of it. So it opens with some noise and sort sort of like running up that hill, does it? Just kind of opens with a, a bit of a kind of unconnected. Uh, but it does it does get going. Shall I go forward? Yes, give about two minutes then. His voice. Yeah, it's amazing. I appreciate it now. When I was younger, <laughs> I was like, what is this noise? This is the bit, hang on. I've got goosebumps now listening to it. This song just absolutely gets under my skin. And it's got that just that right mix of slight melancholy with mm. um, sort of euphoric uh, music behind it that I always like. So yeah, bit of what did you think of your little snippet of Better Man? Oh, nice! I like I like I like the Better Man. Better Man. Good voice. I did not get it when I was fourteen. I pretended I did, but um, <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, sort of. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> well done, Pearl Jam. Now, one of those weird bands where some people absolutely love them and then a lot of people just find them really boring or whatever. Mm. But I love them. They're great. 
so yeah, that's my number four, Better nice. Man by Pearl Jam. What's your number four? My number four is a song by King Princess Ooh. called Talia. Talia. It's a song about heartbreak and I just really like it. And I, I every time it comes out uh, in the album, uh, in the EP, I love it. I love singing it. Uh, and then I watched uh, that film uh, with Maya Hawke and Andrew Garfield, which I can't remember the name. And it came up. Oh. And I just, yeah. But it just, that song. Mainstream. Came, mainstream. Thank you. Sorry. I tried to forget. But that song came up. And I, was like, oh, I love this song so much. And I think that was the best part of the film, uh, just having <laughs> this song. And I love it. Um and uh, I will, I will play it now. Yeah, let's hear a bit of it. Starts very like mellow. Yeah. The rhythm going on. Hmm? I'm gonna go forward a second. The rhythm going in. Just love it. It's a great song. It's mellow. There's it's definitely lovely. there's definitely an element with Vecna songs of them sort of building and you yeah, know, kind of getting bigger and bigger as they go along. That sounded good. I like yeah. the sound of that. I like the way it builds. Because also there's there's built. this bit here uh, that goes very mellow. And then it goes. And it's really bad when I drive because I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, Vecna songs, I think it has to be, you know, yeah, it has to kind of get you in the feels in the some yeah, sort of yeah. kind of way. But yeah. Yeah, definitely. How about uh, your number three? My number three is a song that you probably will have heard, although I'm not certain, um, but it's definitely a song. It's like the signature song by a band. And the band I quite like, I listen to their greatest hits occasionally, but this is definitely kind of like their big iconic song. It's been covered uh, in concert by loads of bands over the years, including Prince has done it, uh, The Killers. There's a great video of The Killers doing it at um, Transmit Festival, I think it is. Mm. And um, I think it's one of those songs that musicians really like. It. Uh, they're one of those bands that are kind of loved by musicians, like a musician's band. The band is The Water Boys. Okay. Look at you looking all confused. <laughs> um, and the, the song is one of these songs that just gets under my skin. And I every time I hear it, I'm, I'm ready for it and I'm excited okay. for it. And it's called The Hole of the Moon. 
And if you don't know this song, we should just luxuriate in it for a little bit because I think okay. you need to really hear hear this song properly. Okay. <clears throat> Shall I press play? Go for it. Oh, there it is. It's a very long song. It's like five minutes. Yeah, we don't need to listen to all of it, but let's not skip ahead. Let it build for a, few, for a little bit. Never heard of this band or this song. Wow. Wow. In for a treat. Listen to that voice. that people covered this song many times yeah huh I like it yeah man great That's good because if Vecna gets us, we know exactly what song to put on Spotify. <laughs> I'm gonna save your sp- you're gonna save your playlist. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Cool. So like, yeah. So, what do you think of the whole of the moon? I like it. I think. I guess. I think it's some bits sound familiar, but I'm not sure. If I bet you've it's heard a very it. I bet it's... clear 80s song, or. I bet you'll have heard it at some point. Yeah. Uh, somewhere it's one of those kind of. I don't know, all-time songs. But I love it. I love The Whole of the Moon by The Water Boys. It's an amazing uh, tune. And, yeah, I think if The Killers and Prince are both covering your song, then you've probably written a fairly good song. Hmm. Yeah. Yes. You had Brigadoon. Um, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I think lyrically it's about the feeling of somebody being, you know, feeling a bit, in, in, in awe of somebody else's creativity. Uh, mm. You know, I saw the crescent, you saw the whole of the moon, uh, mm. and it creates quite a feeling of almost, I guess that feeling of, or that feeling that everyone gets of feeling slightly inferior, imposter syndrome um, mm-hmm. and kind of explores that feeling. Of, of, yeah, I love it. It's a good song. What's your number three? My number three is uh, a collaboration between Ooh. Kanye West, Kid Cudi, uh, Kids See Ghost, and the song is Reborn. What a good pick. I hadn't considered this. I absolutely... that This song has not changed. This is a, my... No, two songs were my constant. <laughs> and this and... And uh, I just... I just... It just gives me everything I need, and uh, I love that song. Yeah, I've talked I'm about so, it before. I'm sorry, but, um, but I'll, I'll put it on. And this bit. His voice is just 
Like he would just like cut through Vecna's hole <laughs> <laughs> just with this. And then Kanye. No, not yet. Yeah, so I love this song. Perfect. Were you not tempted to go for that first track on that album where Kanye comes in with his Because that would that would cut through into the upside down, eh? I guess so. <laughs> Shall I put it on? <laughs> what, it takes it a while to get the to love. that bit though. Is it the first one? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got some pusher tea in there, then you got Kid oh, yeah. Cudi, and then Kanye comes yeah. in there at the end. I guess so. I guess this is a is a Vecna album. <laughs> <laughs> No, this 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 disturbs Vecna. This like <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, this is amazing. <clears throat> yeah, I think that definitely would like <laughs> Uh but yeah, um, I love Reborn. Uh What do you think about but 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 does it not sort of Dampen it a bit by the real life antics of the two of them. Uh, I think I think this album came out at a different time, of them being them now. Um, yeah. I I I keep thinking that people change constantly, evolve and and they devolving. I guess. Uh, <laughs> it's like me saying I'm not gonna listen to Sigurus anymore. No, I will listen to Sigurus even if. Uh, the the drama did horrible things. That was a. We are, we have to accept the art as well, and you know for. Oh yeah, I definitely agree with that. And my number one pick is very much like in that wheelhouse of feeling awkward yeah. about the person, but it's more like the way that they have fallen out of each other is quite sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I isn't Kanye West falling out with the world. Yeah, but did you see what happened at that festival that he dropped out of the other week? Oh, they were throwing bottles at Kid Cudi, yeah. Yeah, so like Kanye West dropped out of headlining it, so Kid Cudi took the slot over yeah. and then people were throwing... Like, why go to... why? Like, I hate that. I Like, why would you go to throw bottles? Like, Kanye West has dropped out. It's not as if Kid Cudi has stolen the slot from Kanye West. No, He's but it's like going to, to somebody's page and telling them that they're horrible things. Why do you take your time to go and bully someone? Because it's, the world is full of trolls. Yeah, because there would have been plenty of people there who wanted to see a Kid Cudi show and they Absolutely. didn't get to because they walked off stage because people yeah. were throwing bottles in. Yeah. Um, no, it's a good pick. That song is amazing. Mm. Uh, I like Reborn very much. Well done. Yeah. Thank you. What's you your number two? My number two is a song that you'll definitely know. Yeah. Um, 
It was a song that I saw performed live very recently by the original artist and I was in small little pieces on the floor when it finished. And um, uh, it's a song where the music gets me and then the, the lyrical content and she discussed the lyrical content of the song before she sang it and um, kind of really is aligned with my worldview uh, in a big way and just makes me just just destroys me and it's a song Chinese Satellite by Phoebe Bridges oh is there a specific part I should play well near the, I guess start it near the end because it's where it builds the end is the bit that I particularly adore let's listen a little bit to the beginning Shall I go forward a little bit? Yeah, go forward a little bit. A couple of minutes? Yeah. Should I go forward a bit more? Or? No, just keep this for a second. That was the bit. So, like, lyrically, she's singing about, you know, has kind of atheist views almost, but in terms of, like, believing that when when people die, it's forever, but that she would, she would stand embarrassed on the corner with a picket sign, you know, promoting religion if she thought it meant she could see someone again after she's died and it's that kind of thing of wanting the spiritual world to be real but ultimately coming down on the side of it not not really being there that i think is kind of a powerful sentiment Mm. that i find a lot of sort of meaning in that i think is is beautiful and um yeah i i uh i i love that song and i love phoebe bridges um, and she really connected it with her sort of views on, you know, she talked about Roe versus Wade being overturned in America and how upset she was with the state of um, the abortion laws in America and pointing out how it's really a law that will stop poor, underprivileged yeah. people from, from having abortions because anyone yeah. with any amount of money will still be able to go and mm-hmm. get one. Um, she yeah. talked about her own experiences. And it was it was powerful and upsetting, and she's the best. And I love her. Amazing. Yeah. And that song would absolutely pull me out of a big technical. cool yeah what's your number two um my number two i've had a lot of like dance choices because i i kind of like i I loved i loved going clubbing and i loved kind of like dancing and but Mm -hmm. this is the one that every time i listen to it i just i just i love it and it's a calvin harris song and it's i feel so close I feel so close. Is it good? 
Oh, I don't, I don't know so if I know close. this Ah, uh, wait a second. You will know this song. Do you, okay. you want to listen to it? Yeah, yeah, please. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's even like the lyric is like I feel, you know, we're so close. And I just got so many good memories of this song, listening to it and just feeling connected at the time. And I listened to it in Japan and feeling like so lucky to be there with my friends and thinking that I could dedicate the song to any of my friends there. <laughs> It's like a proper banger that would like rip a hole in the sky. <laughs> this bit. It would be and a very different like... tone. Eh? That episode would have a very different tone if this was a song that was breaking its way. Yeah, just dance. Down. Instead of running, I'll just dance yeah. to the <laughs> pump I fist to the air. But yeah, um, for me, it's just like, of course, it's like the kind of bangy tune, but also like the words, you know, I feel so close. Yeah. It's a force field and there is not, nothing stopping us right now. And I don't know. I yeah. just I have really fond memories of listening to this song and being good in good places. And so I just love this song. Oh. Yes. Oh. That's a good pick. I like it. That was well, on a, not not what I'd have guessed, but I think that I I can see what you where you're coming from with it. It's good. Yeah, yeah, I can. Yeah, I, yeah. good. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. So, what's your number one? Vecna. Uh, my number one. Song. My number one Vecna song is um even more so maybe than uh, Kanye West track a song by an artist who is very difficult to. Get to grips with uh, in the modern times, but this song is one that I have. I've now seen it performed live twice by someone who participated in writing it but didn't sing it originally, if that makes sense. So it'll become clear okay. in a minute. And both times it's reduced me to complete tears. Um, and it's just, I think it's one of the most beautiful and wonderful songs ever written, um, irrespective of the, the person singing it. But never mind about that. Uh, it is a song by the Smiths, mm-hmm. and it is "There Is a Light That Never Goes Out," and it's you the know most what we have to forget that Morrissey time. was even like the Smiths were incredible. So you know, yeah. Well, I've seen Johnny Marr sing this song, and it's I think it's yeah. one of the best experiences yeah. you can have. Okay, oh. I'm gonna put it on. I I had okay. I I just the Smiths were like. But, <laughs> that's why i've got pages of songs because i think music is an incredible tool and also depending on where you are who you're with in which country you're in it just i don't know it's just uh, amazing and uh yeah let's go What a voice, though. I know. 
And what lyrics? Like, the lyrics yeah. are so... Like... Like, he really gets at the idea of... It, like the imagery, the imagery he creates is like at what at, in the same moment like horrific, but also yeah, really evocative of the power of like how powerful love can be, and oh, it's just ah. Oh. Yeah, so I love that song. And yeah, yeah. I like standing in a, I stood in a field in Japan and listened to Johnny Marr sing it and the feeling of the, you know, hearing that song in that context and remembering mm-hmm. that it was sort of written and birthed in, in the area of the world that I'm from and I'm hearing it on the other side of the world and it's like a connection yeah. to home a little bit. It was, yeah, it's the best. I, I love that song. Yeah, it's great, yeah. great song. <clears throat> I didn't even tackle the Smiths because I was just like, no. I would just like, <laughs> music is amazing. And the, the fact that they, 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 they got that and they made it into like how you save yourself for a song is so relatable in so many ways. And I don't think it has been shown very much in film that way. No, the way they use music in that season, like uh, uh, Stranger Things has always been really good at using music, but the way yeah. they use that song is so important and so wonderful. And, you know, it's great that, it's reignited this kind of interest in Kate Bush and maybe younger people yeah. who don't know her that well. And it's to the point where, like, the very famously reclusive person herself has commented on it and talked about how pleased and proud she is to kind of be part of mm. of this series and this thing that's touching people. And, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And um, they're going to have a big job on their hands to think of a way to incorporate music again because I'm sure after the success of this Netflix will be wanting them to create a similar moment in the culture in in the next season and how on earth you top running up that hill in this season I don't know but um stunning stunning yeah yeah and just the power of music in general how healing it is how it brings people together it really is yes my number one uh, yes. My number one is from is a Japanese composer who composes most of uh Ghibli music, uh, scores, and okay. my my uh, favorite and the one that like makes me really, I don't know, um, is one of my favorite films and also one of my favorite scores uh and is from uh, Mononoke Hime Princess Mononoke. Oh yeah. Um, it starts really kind of dark and and then it just goes and then it builds up and then
But yeah, that's the song. And it just amazing and then it just goes but I I love 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 Joey Seishi and uh, how he makes you feel with any music that he composes mm. but with this one I think because I love the film so much and I love the song so much and when I'm in a when I'm in a field in a field in a in the woods or like walking it just just if you can imagine that song you just like get immersed by nature and just Beauty, beautiful, bellissimo, kiddie. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It's yeah. to go from a big club banger to a serene nature <laughs> soundtrack is quite good. Well done. We have to try everything. <clears throat> you <laughs> do? Well done. Everything. <laughs> yeah. Because all my songs my... are about being a little bit sad. Yeah, <laughs> mine are like, go through the club, pump your wrist, yeah. <laughs> mosh. um yeah no well i like it it was a good call um well that's our top fives that's our top five vecna songs so if we ever get um trapped in another dimension people know how to get us out my top five i'll run it down for you it is um number five nothing but flowers by talking heads number four better man by pearl jam number three the whole of the moon by the water boys Number two, Chinese Satellite by Phoebe Bridges. And number one, There is a Light That Never Goes Out by The Smiths. Nice. What's yours? Mine is number five, Best of You by The Foo Fighters. Uh, Number four, uh, Talia by King Princess. Number three, uh, Reborn, Kitsy Ghost. Number two, Feel So Close, Kevin Harris. And number one, Mononoke Hime, Joe Isahishi. I like... Have you got any, <laughs> any honourable mentions? Uh, I do. I've got a couple. Okay. Um, so obviously running up that hill, yeah? Yeah. Um, the Killing Moon by Echo and the Bunnymen. Okay. Featured in the movie Donnie Darko. Um, oh. And, you know, sort of, I, I took it out for the whole of the moon because mm. as well as both having the word moon in the titles, they're kind of similar. And uh, ultimately, I want the whole of the moon, but The Killing Moon is great. And then the song Heroes by David Bowie, which I think is oh, okay. um, a wonderful piece of music. Okay. So that's my honourable mentions. What have you got? Mine is a bit longer. That's uh, fine. But I've got uh, River Song by Dennis Wilson. Sure. Um, Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. Nice. Uh, uh, cranberries, zombie. Oh yeah, good. Uh, Frank Ocean, Ivy. Ah, oh, Phoebe Bridges, motion sickness. Nice. Mm. Yeah, that was hearing that live was pretty good the other day. Mm. And she um, like she did it as quite a high energy, rocky opening number, and the whole crowd was just sort of crazy. Oh, it was crazy. Yeah, and she walked on stage to um. You know that song? <laughs> Do you know that song? No. <laughs> Come up and get down with the sickness. Down with the sickness. I disturbed. Okay. Anyway, she, she walked on stage to that quite heavy metal song and then it okay. kind of cut out and then she jumped into motion sickness. It was cool. Nice. Any other honourable mentions? Uh, no. No. Fair dues. Um, 
Well, I've got a couple of recommendations for people that they should definitely check out. Mm-hmm. Um, the 1997 Japanese movie Cure, directed by mm-hmm. um, Kurosawa, and the uh, 2022 Barty Strange album Farm to Table, mm. which is a masterpiece, I believe. Uh, Phoebe Bridges described it as one of her all-time favorite albums. Oh, uh, you know, when I was when I was chat when I was chatting to her, she told me that. Um, <laughs> have you got um, any recommendations? Yeah, I would love to, for people to uh, watch Not Okay and and think about and have an opinion on it. Um, and uh, Beyonce's new album, Renaissance. Rena- 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 Renaissance. Renaissance. Great album. Renaissance. Yeah, baby. So, w- what would you like for homework? Would you like to assign something that we watched or listened to this week? Um, yeah. How about you watch Cure? No. Um, you... Okay, you can either... Go away and listen to some Pearl Jam and educate yourself on some Pearl Jam, or okay. you can listen. You're, <laughs> or you can listen yourself. to, you can listen to uh, Farm to Table by Barty Strange. What would you I'm gonna like? listen to Barty Strange. Okay, that's fine. And you can what, watch what you like Not Okay or listen to Beyonce. Not okay. Oh yeah, I will. I'll listen to Not Okay. I'll watch Not Okay, and I'll probably listen to that Beyonce <laughs> album as well. That sounds good. Yeah, good. Um, thank you for listening to our 80th episode on our top five Vecna songs, and I hope you've enjoyed our little foray into the world of Stranger Things over the past few weeks. Uh, join us next time uh, in a couple of weeks for our big blowout special um, on the two Jack White albums that have uh, been released this year. That's Fear of the Dawn and Entering Heaven Alive, his Rocky, a slightly odd one, and his more acoustic um, stripped-back one. Uh, We'll be talking about our favourite tracks on both those albums in detail next time, so please join us for that. Uh, In the meantime, it would be great if you could tell your friends about us, get the word out there, get people listening to us more, and uh, go and rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and anywhere else that you can uh, review podcasts, and it would be great, and we'd love to hear from you. Um, You can find our email address and all our social media channels in the uh, notes for this and every episode of the podcast, along with uh, lists of what we've discussed in Culture Catch-Up and MyTube. Uh, So go and have a read of those and get in touch and let us know your views. What are your Vecna songs? What would save you from the upside down? Uh, We'd love to hear it. Thank you so much. Love you. Uh, Thank you. Bye.